great is your faithfulness, O God. We thank you, Father, for utterance to speak as we ought to speak. Give us ears to hear what the Spirit of God is saying to us in this day, in this hour, in this generation. God, you've called us to the kingdom for such a time as this. So we thank you. We praise you for the blood of Jesus. That blood that redeemed us unto God. That precious blood. That spotless blood. Without it, there is no remission of sin. There is no cleansing of the sin that had attached itself to our life. Thank you for the blood. Thank you for the blood of Jesus. Help us to see as individual members in your body how much life-giving flow is in your blood. Holy Spirit, teach us today, instruct us, help us to see more. To see it in a different light. Help each one that we might increase, that we might live our lives at a level that would be well-pleasing in your sight. Fill us with the knowledge of your will. With that wisdom and spiritual understanding. Help us, Lord, as we grind through life trying to figure things out. That we would understand that your will is not naturally, intellectually, or carnally discerned. But is spiritually discerned. By you, Holy Spirit, unveiling to us, revealing to us things concerning our relationship with God, things concerning redemption, things concerning your will for our life, how that fits into your will for your church, how that fits into the eternal gathering of believers, that we truly might spiritually discern what is going on from the inside out, that we would live from the resources within and affect that which is out rather than allowing what is outside to affect us inside. Help us to get out of our head and into our heart. We thank you for it. Equip us today that we might serve someone this week. Serve them the goodness of God. Serve them salvation. Serve them healing. Serve from that which we carry in our lives every single day, bringing in them the presence of God. In your presence, there's a fullness of joy. At your right hand, there's pleasures evermore that we can even bring joy into a situation. Serve people joy. So we thank you, Lord. Help us. Help us to understand. Help us to see and to know in a greater measure. And we'll give you all the glory, the honor. The praise and thanksgiving for what will be accomplished by the word and the spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Why don't you greet three or four people around you once again. Tell them that you're glad that they're here. And you can be seated. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. All right. Why don't you open your Bibles with me to uh, Ephesians chapter 1, Ephesians chapter 1, and um, Pastor Tasha said we're going to look to wrap this up just a little bit, probably do a little bit different this service than we did uh, last service. Um, praise the Lord. Uh, we've been talking about the body of Christ, and uh, you know, if we look at it and, uh, you know, begin to think about a phrase that we've used for a long, long time, haven't used it for a while... Um, but God is preparing us for that which he's prepared for us so that when we arrive at that place, we can occupy it. It won't occupy us. 
And so without going into too much detail, taking too much time, God is really building and, and he's always working with us, preparing things uh, so that we can step into them in a greater measure. And within the church, even speaking, and certainly we have a, a, a wide band as, we looked, as we've looked at it. There's the church universally. Jesus spoke of that, the church, every believer from every age and every place. But there's also then the local church that he talked about, that if you have a dispute, you bring them into the local church. And so really for our lives, and again, there's ministries everywhere. Praise the Lord. I'm not, uh, I'm not trying to make any issue of that. But again, if I know this for a fact in my, my own life, you know, you can listen. You can go to big meetings where there's great celebrations, listen and read, right? And say, well, I, I'd really prefer to be a part of that issue, which is great. You can feel like you're enormously growing, but then you actually have to put it to practice with people, and that's where the real test is, is can I deal with people on a daily basis with all of their issues? Of course, you don't have any, right? Because you've been listening and you've been attending seminars. And so you have no issues. It's all the other people who have them. But actually, the application <laughs> with people. So that's why the local church body is so important that we come together and we, we know that we're gathered together from every tribe, tongue, people, and nation universally, but even here. The mix of people that we have and the upbringings and the outlooks that we have on life and situations of life, how some people were raised differently than other people. And so their outlook, even of Jesus as the Father, is different. How can God take all of that stuff and keep us from getting in contention about it and come in unity? Well, it takes the Holy Spirit. It takes yielding to the Holy Spirit, him teaching us the practical aspects and application of the word daily with people. And that's the thing that we, end, you know, many times try to avoid is I'd like to come here, get excited and not actually have to try it with people in life. But when you're in a local church, you come together, it's people. And then the challenge being people you actually know what their problems are. Yeah. <laughs> right. right? Come on, if we're honest, many times that's why people switch local churches because they are with people and now people know my problem. I'm going to go somewhere where people don't really know my problem. But that evasiveness doesn't help us to grow. And where we can learn and, and, and grow and admit, you know, that God's doing something supernatural in me, right? That I'm looking at what he's doing and how does that show on the outward? Well, it shows on the outward with how I'm able to uh, deal with people, how I'm able to convey with people, not just my preferences, but God's preferences. Yeah. Not just about how I feel, but what God is looking for. What God wants to do with people. Right? Right? Thank you. Yeah, you're, you're, you're engaged, I can tell. <laughs> so this teaching on the local church, and, and it's been prophesied that God wants to use the local church in the last days of revival, local churches like this, so that people can come in and they can be a part of, uh, of a gathering together of believers and, and grow in the word and hear the word and then apply it daily yeah. with each other. And so what I apply with daily with each other, and you know, if I have an issue with Scott and I'm trying to figure that out, there's a good chance that somewhere out there in 
the community, the world that I live in, there's going to be a Scott personality. I mean, we're broadening it to the chances become less and less. We started out, you know, when I was growing up with five, a personality of five tests. And then, uh, you know, we have <clears throat> the Enneagram. I guess that's nine. And with your, whatever you are, you get a wing. And then now they just came out with 16 different personalities. So pretty soon there'll be 32 and then there'll be a million. And so each person just gets to have their own personality. But as it stands right now, if I can't deal with Scott, who's born again, yet he has a personality that rubs against mine, there's a chance that out there in the world, I'm going to run into a Scott and have problems. Right. But if I learn how to love Scott, and all of a sudden I run into a Scott personality, I already know how to love Scott in the world. Yeah. God's doing something in here that's bigger. Yeah. We don't want to jump the gun. So, well, this is just, I need to get out there. Well, yeah, but then you'll run into a Scott. Right. As long as you run into use, it probably won't be a big trouble, right? Use, that means use all, not female sheep. So, but I guess it applies. We're the flock of God. So the, the, the local church is very important. There's a, a, a moving, a, an application and daily application. And if we were honest with ourselves, that's usually, it's not the word that gives us too much trouble. It's, it's, the, it's my delivery if we're talking about this church. Well, that's a good word, but the way he comes about it. Well, if you learn how to receive the word as, as it is in truth, the word of God, not the word of men, you can allow God to teach you something. Well, it'd be all right. I, I would be all right to serve if I could serve with people I like, but I have to serve with that person. And then we don't realize it, but immediately we're diminishing the value of that person. God says, if we could work through all that stuff, we could win the world. Well, I just don't like organization. I would like to be free-flowing with the Spirit. In that word, that's, that's odd, since the Spirit is about as organizational as you can get. Everybody's like, no way. Well, the, thank God he is, or you'd be flying off the earth. When he created the earth, there's so much order to the universe, yet he can move in order. He just needs people to yield with it. See, and I can tell the people who are administrative, they're like, yes, man, thank you for saying that. He's move, he can move in order. We should have order. And then the people who don't like order are like, I don't even see how God can move in order. God wants it to be free, right? And so again, what do we do? We limit God. How can God move if there's order? Well, because he's God. How could God move if we don't have order? Because he's God. All right. Praise the Lord. So the local church is important. If there's a move of God coming in the local church, yet we began to talk about this series that there's about 332 million somewhere in there, Americans. 225 of those million say they're believers. Yet, only 52 million gathered together on Sunday. Only 25 of people who profess to be Christians gather. So again, we're realizing and recognizing God's word's always true. In Hebrews, he warns against, don't forsake the church, right, as the manner of some is. So if we have about 200 million 
forsaking the church. You say, wait, 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 pastor, that's not what it says. It says, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is, even more as the day approaches. But the church is not this building. And again, the church is not just you. You can't actually have church on the mountain by yourself. The church is a gathering together. A gathering. So when he said, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves, he said, don't forsake the church. Right? And so if we look at those statistics and then we hear that in the last days, God is going to pour out his spirit and there's going to be a move of God and he's going to use strong local churches, yet there's been an assault on the gathering together in the local church through a number of different information, means, all that stuff that's going on. Again, thank God for a number of teaching, a number of uh, people, and again, the, 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 med- the, the media and the mo- mode of getting it all out there. But again, how are we going to grow? How are we going to see a move of God hit places? It, I believe it's the local church, his plan for the local church. So Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 20, Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 20 I guess we're going to jump in here at 22. Uh, Message Bible, speaking of Jesus, it says he is in charge of it all. He has the final word on everything. And at the center of all this, Christ rules the church. The church, you see, is not peripheral to the world, but the world is peripheral to the church. The church is Christ's body in which he speaks and acts. Talked about that. He's the head. We're the body. The head is gets done what the head wants to get done through the body, through the central nervous system, through moving in avenues of connectiveness that that he moves and gets done what he wants to get done. And so it says, uh, in which he speaks and acts, by which he fills everything with his presence. The church. And the church is made up of individual members which make up the whole body. And so individually, it's not... God can't use effectively an individual member by itself. And again, he can't use a body without the members being connected. So again, we move through this thing. Is it about me or is it about the body? Both. And again, the more we get focused on me in the body instead of the body, then it gets out. It's me and the body. It's me in Christ. Christ in me. Equally moving and understanding what that means, that there might take place growth in the body, growth in the body, right? Us growing individually, if we grow individually, the body will grow and it will be a a supernatural growth, right? It's Christ's body. It's a spiritual thing that's taking place, the growth of the body, not just a natural thing. It's a spiritual thing. Right? And so he warns us against some things, right? That as you're coming together as the body, there's going to be things happen. And so we recognize if we're going to be effective as a church, that we're not wrestling against flesh and blood. In other words, this ability or this temptation of the enemy to get irritated with people that you're joined to in the body is a strategy of the enemy. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, we take up the whole armor of God. 
And that armor of God that is protecting us is in the scripture for us as believers to understand that we're not just strapping on a physical outside armor, but we understanding what Christ has done for us through his death, burial, and resurrection begins to the knowledge of the truth, the understanding of our righteousness and the salvation that he's bought for us in all of its full and the peace with God that he provides and the faith that that brings forth a conviction that God is true and gets it out in front and the sword of the spirit, not in our hand, but in our mouth, begins to do something that wards off the strategies of the enemy to break down, to divide, and to conquer, but it draws us together to knowing that if that's who I am, that's who you are, we're joined together, and actually we join together. He's using that that place of understanding that the Roman soldiers, when they got together and somebody was attacking, we showed this at one time, they would all gather together as one unit, put all their shields together, and create a wall against the forces of the enemy. Not only a wall, but even a covering over that. So even in that armor of God, he's saying, listen, you individually have something, but collectively together, you create a barrier. It's impenetrable. So as we look at that and we understand a, a, a couple of things uh, we, we, you know, have tried to encapsulate some of the very important parts of the body, uh, why we're here to worship God, right, as he says that we should, to fellowship together, to live by the authority of God's word, to teach our children to do the same. There's a part that we're playing in this that continues a great growth and strengthening of his body. And so as we just really bring this to a close, in the next few weeks, we're going to begin to talk about the authority that we have individually and as a body, and the recognition that our authority really lies within our grasp in the word of God, the name of Jesus, and the blood of Jesus Christ. A lot of people can get to yelling and screaming and frustrated, but our authority is in the knowledge of the word of God. Because the word of God, whenever you apply the word of God to a lie, you win. You take authority over the lie with the truth, right? When the enemy comes and gives you all kinds of names, cancer, stupid, ignorant, his name is above every name. And executing anything that Jesus has done is done in his name, in the power of the blood. And I believe the blood is crucial to us as a body. Turn over to 1 John chapter 1. Crucial to us as a body. Because the life of all flesh is in the blood. So the life of Christ's body is in the blood. The life of your body is in the blood. The life of Christ's body is in the blood. So no matter what we do, the understanding of our faith in the blood is gonna be critical. And our faith in the blood and understanding of that, our application of the blood to situations of life is going to make a difference. And truly the faith in the blood has to begin to work in our hearts and the power of the blood of Jesus and how the power of the blood of Jesus really, and it never loses its power, it's never lost its power. The day that it was sprinkled and the power that it had to release you from sin is the same power to move you on, to bring an understanding of justification, righteousness, redemption, sanctification, 
We can walk off and say, I know that, and try to do it, but you're going to run into obstacles. You're going to run into times. We forget sometimes. We're just like, I should know this, but to say, I know exactly what's going on, and I know exactly what to put my faith in, and that is what the blood has done for me. And so in 1 John chapter 1, verse 7, it says, but if we walk in the light as he's in the light, we have fellowship or communion with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. So when we partook of communion last week, we partook of the elements, the body and the blood. The body and the blood. And so again, I don't want to mess you up here, but we're talking about the body and the blood. The body of Christ and the importance of the blood. For the life of the body of Christ There has to be an understanding of the blood, the flow of the blood, how the blood cleanses us. And so if it cleanses me, and I understand that, it moves. We talked about this last week, that literally, supernaturally, the body, if I know that I'm cleansed and I begin, I'm connected to you and I share that and faith arises, then it's in you. It starts to move throughout the body. Now listen, if we get to the point where we're pointing out one another's shortcomings, irritations, issues, and problems, the blood can't flow. Why? Because it's the blood that takes care of that. But if we stop and say, you know what, I know there's something here, but the power of the blood. There's things that aren't going quite right, but we're going to apply the blood. Why? Because the blood will cleanse that. The blood will heal that. The blood will restore that. And so if we can get the blood moving through individual members, the body really begins to become whole. The power of the blood. Glory to God. Come on, we need to just resurge the understanding of the blood of Jesus Christ. To sing the songs about the blood. There's power in the blood. Wonder working power in the blood of Jesus. Come on, would you be free of your burden of sin? Do you want to be free? Yes, there's power in the blood. Yeah, but I need, I need somebody to tell me. Yeah, we do, but if we don't pay attention, we always need somebody. We have somebody. Once we know the power of the blood and we apply the blood, we can live in freedom. Amen. So we're going to be talking about this just a little bit. Amen. Just, uh, you know, as I was thinking about what we would talk about uh, to end the year, as God has really been preparing us. I mean, uh, last year, you know, talking about this preparation, this building, we began uh, a building process. We were talking about uh, patience and perseverance and endurance at the end of last year, right? So when we turned the year, people were like, when is it going to happen? Well, God's doing something. He's molding us, preparing us for the things he's prepared for us. So we started with prayer. Then we, then we talked about foundations. Can't build a big life on a small foundation. Then we talked about six power principles that would shape your future. God's moving us into our future. And talk about the church because it's going to be very difficult to actually accomplish all that God's called us to accomplish without the church. There's coming a day where individuals uh, will, will come less and the church will arise. Not for the sake of the church, but for the sake of Jesus Christ. Amen. 
And so, uh, just in thinking this thought, you know, I've been all of a sudden getting books from different places all on the blood. So you also know people, God's dealing with people about the blood. And so, I always like that when God stirs and then all of a sudden, you know, I start getting this information. But anyway, I, I was getting this and so, it was very interesting. I was lo- looking, reading this book and uh, in, in explaining miracles, this person has traveled to Africa all over the world and saw miraculous things happen uh, over and over. And he said, even during this time, there's a situation in their life. And uh, while he was in prayer, the, the Holy Spirit said, do you know what the devil fears the most? Do you know what the devil fears the most? He said, well, the name of Jesus. He said, well, he does, but not the most. He said, well, then the word of God. He said, well, he doesn't, but not the most. Uh, he said, well, then it must be the Holy Spirit. He said, well, he does, but not the most. So he ran out of options, I guess, in his mind. He said, well, tell me, Holy Spirit, what does the devil fear the most? The Holy Spirit said he fears the blood of Jesus the most. So he said, just, I know somebody's like, why do you say that? I'm about to tell you. (laughs) Don't want to leave you hanging. He said this, he said, in a gentle voice, he explained, the devil fears the blood because the blood was the price that Jesus paid for you to be reunited to God. To become a son, a friend, an heir of God, a joint heir with Christ, and to be his bride and become the righteousness of God. So even in that, the Holy Spirit is saying, you are a son, you are a daughter, but we are the bride. Right? Together, we're the bride. So the blood was shed for you to be reunited into a relationship with God. But together, we're his bride. We're his church. And so, uh, uh, to become the righteousness of God. He fears the blood the most because through Christ's shedding of it, the devil was defeated. And through the blood, you have unlimited access to the throne of God. Because of the blood, the name of Jesus Christ, uh, because of the blood, the name of Jesus Christ, the word of God and the Holy Spirit work based on what Jesus did when he shed his blood. Praise the Lord. So if the blood's that important, If the blood is what the devil fears the most, we can scream and yell a lot, try to chase him off. But I'm just telling you, somebody who has faith in the blood and reminds him of the blood, what the blood did, because he'll come and he'll, he'll mess with you. All right, so we're going to talk about these things, not today. I tried to do it in the first service. We went way long. We still have some things to do. So my wife said, my God, I can't believe you still preached your whole message. (laughs) So I'm going to listen to my wife and just hit these points and we'll maybe come back to them or you can listen to the podcast. So number one, we want to understand and have faith in the blood because by faith in the blood, we're brought near to God by faith in the blood. Listen, it's very difficult to get close to God if you don't acknowledge and have faith in the blood of Jesus. Right, you can look at Ephesians chapter two and verse 13. Talks about being drawn near by the blood. We were once afar off. He brought us near by the blood. You can read Hebrews chapter 10 and 19 through 22. 
We're brought near by the blood. When we acknowledge the blood of Jesus, man, we endear the heart of God. He gave Jesus. It was the only price for us. Ephesians 2 says that in order to satisfy his love for us, he had to send his son, his only begotten son, as the lamb slain from the foundation of the world for us to be reconciled. Draw close. Secondly, we're redeemed through faith in the blood. We're redeemed. That word redeemed means to ransom back, to ransom back, right? So we were sold under sin. Through disobedience of Adam, sold under sin. And so he came and bought us back. Now we serve God. Right? We've been cleansed from that old nature. We've been, the bondage of sin has been broken. And if we believe that we've been redeemed, then we know the price paid was sufficient that we no longer live as slaves of sin. Faith in the blood. Yet again, many believers are still feeling subject. Feeling subject. Your emotions will mess with you. Your mind will mess with you in times, emotional times. Like I'm still bound under this. I can't help this. This is the way I am. But all of a sudden you start pleading the blood. You declare what the blood did. The blood redeemed me. The blood purchased my life. I'm not this way anymore. I'm not subject to this attitude anymore. I'm not subject to this feeling. I'm not subject to the condemnation of this sin anymore. The blood did it. I'm not subject to what my mama and daddy did. I'm not subject to what my grandpa did. The blood did it. And if the blood can't do it, nothing can. So people need help. They need help understanding the power of the blood. Otherwise, they'll become dependent on a person. But when you know it's the power of the blood, you might need a person to help you understand the power of the blood. But once you grab a hold of, I got faith in the blood. I'm redeemed by the blood. You can't have me because he's already got me. I received the price paid. I'm his and he's mine. I'm redeemed. Praise the Lord. Revelation chapter 5 says that they took the scroll, opened the seals thereof, right? Saw that you redeemed us by your blood out of every tribe, out of every tongue, out of every people, out of every nation. Redeemed us unto God, made us kings and priests to our God. Man, when you were bought back, you weren't bought back. As an outsider, a stranger, a foreigner, you were bought back as a son and a daughter, made to be a king and a priest unto God. Well, I don't feel like it. That's why faith in the blood will take you out of what you feel like and put you in a place, understanding I'm seated at the right hand of majesty on high. Not by what I could have done, but what the blood did for me. And when the enemy comes and says, don't you even think you're that cool, that good, that righteous. Wait a minute. I'm redeemed. But not only am I redeemed, but I'm justified by the blood. Right? Romans chapter 3 says that we're justified by the blood. 
Amen. You're justified. What does justified mean? Made righteous. In other words, you're justified. You're put back in right relationship where sin broke it. You're right relationship. So when the enemy comes and says, well, don't think you can have that kind of relationship with God. Wait a minute. I plead the blood. The blood, not anything I've done or didn't do. It's what Jesus did. And when he shed his blood and he sprinkled it on the mercy seat, he purchased my eternal redemption and he justified me and made me righteous. Praise the Lord. Amen. 2 Corinthians 5, 21. He who knew no sin became sin for me that I might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Now, I know this is a review for many of you, but I'm just telling you, when we apply it not just to us, but to viewing the body through what the blood has done, it begins to change everything. It begins to change everything. Why? Because the blood cleanses our conscience from sin. Cleanses our conscience from sin. To understand the power of the blood, the sanctifying power of the blood changes your want to. I don't know if I want to get up and pray. When you realize, man, I'm sanctified by the blood, what Jesus did, it changes your want to. When you really see what Jesus has done for you, you meditate on it. You claim the power of the blood and what the blood did in purchasing your life from the destruction of the enemy. It changes your want to. I want to commune with him. I want to have time with him. I want to serve him. I want to serve his people. I want to reach out to others. It's the power of the blood. The blood carries antibodies to all that sin has done. Come on, the blood. It starts to attack all that sin has done. Just like your white blood cells, the antibodies go after sickness and disease, set an immunity. Wouldn't you like to have such faith in the blood that when sin comes, Right? It's not that sin won't come. It doesn't mean temptation won't come. The enemy won't come. When you have immunities, it doesn't mean that that doesn't come. It just can't attach itself to you. Can't attach itself to your body. So don't you think Christ wants the blood to flow, create antibodies, so sin, lies of the enemy, unrighteousness, the thought of that doesn't attach itself to his body. Not just the members, but his body. He wants his body to be immune from what sin does because it brings death. He's the giver of life. Praise the Lord. So Romans chapter 5, we can see that, read through that. This is how sin comes. This is what God does. Jesus purchased that. So we get to, when we accept that price paid, we accept the blood, then we get to reign in life with him. We get to reign in life with him. And so in Revelation and seeing the vision that uh, John saw, he saw the accuser, the devil, coming day and night and night and day before the throne of God, accusing the brethren. You ever gone to bed one day feeling great and the next day feeling like you were just worthless? And then you just thought, well, that's just me. Well, actually, it could be that all of a sudden there's an accusation against you that you don't even know it. That the devil's saying they're not worthy. They're not worthy. 
And it says there was a revelation, a realization in Revelation that they, who, they, those who had been accused by the accuser, in other words, the brethren, the brethren that were being accused day and night overcame him, the accuser, overcame the accusation by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. So when you wake up and feel like you're just worthless, you have to respond to that, not just go, you know what, maybe I'm just depressed. You have to stand up and say, no, I'm not just depressed. The blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus makes me righteous. I'm not worthless. I'm worth the blood of Jesus. My life was purchased with the most valuable thing in the universe from ages past and ages to come. The blood of the spotless lamb of God purchased my life. So I'm not worth less. I'm worth more. Come on, you have to combat those accusations by applying the blood. Applying the blood. Well, I know about the blood, but do we know how to apply the blood? Again, you may have listened to Mark Hankins a lot, so you know a little bit about applying the blood. How do I apply the blood? Well, you start by speaking about the blood. You sing about the blood. Come on, we have those old hymns, man. They're just awesome to sing about the blood. We acknowledge the blood. When the lie comes about our life, we begin to say what the blood of Jesus has done for me. When we start to declare the blood, we begin to, plead, what, what, what's pleading the blood? It's pleading your case. In other words, the accusation, my case is settled. You'll hear the enemy in the spirit, objection, your honor. I have proof that they did this and this and this. And in the courtroom of heaven, while he's doing that, you hear from your advocate, your table, your own objection. This is all hearsay evidence. I have proof. God the Father says, approach the bench. So Jesus comes up as your advocate with the Holy Spirit. Not guilty. Next. Come on. The bloodshed. Jesus is saying right here, right now. Because where is this courtroom in heaven? It's at the throne of grace. What's right in front of the throne of grace? The mercy seat. What's sprinkled on the mercy seat? The blood. It's where we meet with God. Set the throne. The mercy seat. He's our propitiation. That means mercy seat, meeting place. But at that meeting place, we realize that he's our expiator. He's the one who extinguishes all guilt and puts an end to the destruction of sin right there and now. When that blood was sprinkled, he already did it. And the devil knows that. And you and I getting wind of it and believing it scares him to death. So he just keeps accusing but the moment he has somebody stand up and say, you know what? You're a rotten liar. Well, no, wait a minute. He has some facts on me. Yeah, but he doesn't have the truth. The truth is you're redeemed. You're justified. You're sanctified. 
you are forgiven. And when we get that, we put faith in that, it will change the way we live. It'll change the way we interact. It'll change the way we reach out. Thank God for the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Father, I thank you, praise you, and magnify you. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your mercy that endures forever and ever and ever. Thank you for the blood. Thank you for the blood of Jesus. Oh, thank you so much for the blood of Jesus. We could have never, ever, ever done it, no matter how hard we try, no matter how good we try to be, no matter how bad we've been, to even take pride in how bad we are so we deserve something worse. You did what only you could do. You shed your spotless blood that we might be redeemed and justified. And knowing that, we can draw near to your heart and know who we are in Christ and what's been done for us. Stand with faith in the blood against all the strategy of the enemy. Move on every heart and life, Holy Spirit. Be the teacher today. Drop it down in the heart so as we go through Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and the enemy begins to work a work to see if we got it. Bring to our remembrance the power of the blood that we might learn to apply the blood in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Why don't the team to Peru come up here, and we want to pray with you, send you out. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Go into all the world. Preach the gospel. Life-changing. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And then they're going to be joined with people from Craig and, and uh, Steamboat. And uh, praise the Lord. It's going to be an awesome trip. Y'all are going to be blessed, anointed, prosper, uh, anointed to succeed and to prosper in what you set your hand to do. We got everybody? Why don't you y'all stand up? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Stretch out your hands here. Father, we just thank you right now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I thank you for these people, God, that you put on their heart to go to Peru, to minister to the people in Peru. I thank you that you have a divine appointment for them. God, this isn't just as they might think. We just made a decision. But I thank you that you are in this decision that they've made. That they'll arrive there at this appointed time. That you prepared them for this time. And no matter what goes on, it will not occupy them. God, but they'll occupy it. They'll know how to take a stand. They'll know how to speak when they ought to speak. They'll know how and when to stretch forth your hand. I thank you, Father, for wisdom and revelation and understanding. I thank you for an awareness of things around them by the Holy Spirit of God. I thank you that you lead and guide and direct them. 
as a team and you lead and guide direct them individually that there would be such a flow with this team, such a unity with this team, that there would be great power released, many souls saved. I thank you that there would be an air of, of, of wisdom and revelation that where they go to minister and how they go out on the street and, and those that they minister to, I thank you, Lord, that there would be an anointing, there would be a, a sense of the unity, of that joining together, God, that people would receive it, they would see it, there would be such a presence as we've learned that as they go together, that you're filling that place with your presence through them. That in your presence, there's so many things that take place when you are present. That your power is present to heal, to deliver, to set free, to make whole. In your presence, there's a fullness of joy. I thank you, Lord. They'll be conscious of your presence. Leading, guiding, directing, anointing them. Drawing up from within them that which has been deposited. Even in times past, things that they may have forgotten will be drawn up at the appropriate time to minister to that person on that day to bring life, healing, health, hope, encouragement, edification, whatever's needed. So I thank you that you have thoroughly equipped this team. You're anointing them. I thank you that angels guard round about them as they go, head to toe, top to bottom, side to side. Every vehicle they get in, everywhere they go, every person who confronts them, they have angels guarding round about them lest they would even dash their foot against a stone. I thank you, Lord. They'll sleep well. They'll have energy. They'll, they'll, as we said, run and not grow weary. They'll walk and not faint. I thank you, Father. They'll bring back good reports and declare, look what the Lord has done through our time in Peru. I thank you. It'll be life-changing, not only for the people in Peru, but it'll be life-changing for every member of the team. We thank you for it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Doors of utterance open to them. Doors of utterance open to them. Thank you, Lord, to speak as they ought to speak. Thank you, wisdom and revelation, seeing and knowing the appropriate time, things to say, things to do. I thank you, Lord. Strength in their hands to set their hand to things that they're given. They'll set their hand to it, and it will prosper as they set their hand to it. So we thank you, Lord. Bless them as they go. We thank you for the reports that we'll hear when they return. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Well, we look forward to hearing what y'all are going to bring back. It's going to be good. Amen. Praise the Lord. But well, you can be seated. Uh, or actually, yeah, did we pray? Say this as we go. <laughs> what God did in Christ Jesus far exceeds any damage done to me by Adam's fall. You can be dismissed. Make it a great day.